Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as they always do on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. Hello guys. And my brother Mike O'Connor. Hey. And we are back. It's uh, about a month into the NBA season. It is Thanksgiving week. Um, so we haven't talked. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened, namely like the James Harden trade. I mean, every game of the season we haven't talked about. We've seen a lot of the rookies go off, and it's definitely going to be more of a competitive rookie of the year race than we thought we were going to get. Um, and then just obviously a few other things sprinkled in there. Um, so what I thought we would do today is in the theme of thing in the spirit of Thanksgiving this week, I wanted each of us to bring an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert to the table. Give me some takes, guys. I want some takes on your plates. Uh, and then we can go in and see who's serving up something something yummy and who's got some garbage. Um, so who wants to who wants to bring the first appetizer to the table? Something light, something just to pick at, a dip. All right, Michael's raising his hand. Something. Mine's a very easy dip. It's okay. Would be no one's favorite appetizer, but it always has to be there. Like it's you're going to the table and you, you know it's gonna be at the table, but it's not your favorite one. It's an obvious one. Okay. Um Jokic is gonna be the MVP. This yeah, year. I think that's fair. It's early, but it's early, but it's completely clear. Completely so, let me pull up the current because I know they've released the MVP tracker. Um let me see who is currently leading according to the NBA. I, th- I think I think the Mavs hot start can be telling of whether or not Luka Doncic has a chance. If the you Mavericks are good Luke, and they end with a good record. We were talking about this before we started, but not in this context, just about the Mavericks, because you guys were kind of making fun of me because in our in our first episode before the season, I said the Mavericks were going to suck. Um, I think they're off to a hot start, but we said this was going to happen. They played guard. They haven't played anyone good, and when they have played anyone good, they've lost. And they're asking so much of Luca and Kyrie. They're each putting up like almost thirty point triple doubles to win games, and they're playing bad teams. L- listen to the schedule. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Nets. They beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Bulls. Lost to the Nuggets. Beat the Hornets. Beat the Magic. Lost to the Raptors. Beat the James Harden Clippers. Beat the Pelicans, but they've had all sorts of injuries. Then they lost to the Pelicans. Then they beat the Wizards, which means nothing. Then they lost to the Bucks and they lost to the Kings. Next game is the Lakers. Like any team worth a damn, any any like cemented playoff team, they've lost to, with the exception of the Clippers, who I do think will eventually get in, but they look like trash right now. So, like, yes, Luca's playing phenomenally, but they've had a cake schedule. Like, I actually don't think you could have written up an easier way to start the season. Sorry, that's my that's my Mavericks rant. I just don't buy it. And yeah, like they're getting good performances. Like their rookies are playing well. Like I I get it, but I don't think it's sustainable. And once they get into the meat and potatoes there, once we're out of the appetizer territory of of Jokic being the MVP, I just when they're actually getting into the main course of the season, they're toast. They're just not good enough. You guys, are, I'm sorry, I'm just ranting. That's all this episode is is just me. No, I'm looking at the MVP letter here. And they oh, have anyway, the official one. To, yeah, Obviously putting point. up incredible numbers. Back to your point, Michael. Yes. Incredible Luka, numbers. I agree. Luca is doing it. And he's in good shape. Did you see the video they put up at, about Luca being in good shape? Yeah. In the stadium? It was hilarious. Yes. Like the workout Body video. Body with Luca. Yeah. Honestly, the only MVP I see coming out of Dallas is their uh, social media team. Whoever put that together, that was pretty good. Like the, the reason I think 
it's Jokic again is like almost every game. They had a pretty uncharacteristic loss to the Cavs, I thought. Yeah. Um, he still had a triple double. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a low scoring triple double, which right. was interesting. But I, I, I've watched a fair bit of Nuggets. It's like effortless. That's why it, it makes absolutely no sense. I actually think there's quite literally no one better than him in the league. It's just abundantly clear. Yeah. Like Giannis is having an amazing season too. And I think he sh- should be up there. I don't know what he is on the ladder, like three. So Four. I'm looking uh, per- as, of, have him on NBA. as of November 19th, the ladder is Jokic one, according to NBA.com. So I don't know, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I don't know if this is like the best indicator. If Jokic one, Doncic two, Embiid three, yeah. Tatum four, and SGA five, then the mm-hmm. next the next going down to ten is Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, Bam Adebayo, and Demonis Sabonis. Wow. The others five. Then five more just for it says, and five more listed alphabetically. Ali so, is definitely a dark horse candidate. I think he's contributing it. like seventy percent of that offense, either as assisted or scored by him. Right. No, I, I think that makes sense. I just ridiculous. I, it is still a small sample size, but we're, I mean, almost a quarter of the way into the season. I mean, we're like 13 or so games in. So like as much as I want to be d- diminishing some of this, like, and I kind of did for the Mavericks there, like there's definitely like some where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, I, I think that these guys are realistically going to be in the conversation barring an injury or some weird change. Um, I think the only others, like I think Kevin Durant is doing a great job, especially with Beal and Booker each missing a lot of time. Cause it's yeah. not like that team is really built for them to miss either of their stars. And he's doing a ton to carry them and keep them in playoff standing. So I like that side of things. I don't, you know, I'm again, I still think it's, I still think it's Jokic, Michael. So I agree with you, but I, I do think it's still wide open and a lot can change. Again, um, just like a Thanksgiving meal, it's early. It's early. Appetizer. It's early in the season. I'm, I'm, I'm also liking Shea at five. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are way better than everybody thought. If we look at our rankings, I don't think we had them this high. No. I have a I have a Chet tape talking about how impressed I am with Chet and how calm and smooth he looks literally at all times and a huge game winner the other night on a career night. So, yeah. But Shea is the best player on that team, and if they continue to be really, really good, I could definitely see him being in that conversation. But I don't think he can win it. I I doubt it. Um, again, just because I, I don't think – I think the way that that team is constructed and a lot of the hype around some of the other players on the team is probably going to hurt him. Um, I think we look at Jokic, especially after that playoff run last year. And mm-hmm. I, look, Embiid did deserve the MVP. I get why he won it. Um, but I think you could have easily made the case for Jokic last year, and he kind of demonstrated that. So I think a lot of the reason he didn't win last year was voter fatigue. They go, they win the finals. He's phenomenal. He's doing it again now. Jamal Murray's been out for uh, you know a week and a half at this point, mm-hmm. and they're still winning. So, I mean, he's doing a lot despite missing his second-best player, um, which is not necessarily something you can say for a lot of guys on that list. So I think that does help him a bit. Okay. All right. Move on All to right. the next app. Yeah, let's want to move on to the next stat. You want to go, man? I'm I'm happy to go. So mine is mine's kind of silly, and I don't. This might be a main course. So this is like the buffalo chicken dip of, of appetizers. Um, uh, I this is gonna sound crazy. The Milwaukee Bucks shouldn't have traded Drew Holiday. 
Yes. I also I have that written down on my phone, but oh, in a different way. Yeah. The Boston Celtics are by far the best team in the NBA right now. Easily. Yeah. Easily. And it's because of Drew Holiday. Yeah. Less to do with Chris Epps Porzingis, obviously still a huge addition, but Drew Holiday changes the the face of that team. Totally. And I think I think too for the Bucks, their defense was so great. And they were really, really reliant on a lot of their perimeter defenders. And then ultimately you had Giannis and the other bigs to kind of clean things up. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear. We've seen a step back from a few of those players, both on the perimeter and inside. And Dame is just not even pretending to play defense. Like he's just letting everyone run around him. And I get it. He's going to go off for 40 points here or there, but that's not how you win. And I don't think that's how they won in the past. And I just am very nervous that, as good as they are offensively, because I really do think it's impossible to stop that pick and roll. It's they can't stop anything defensively. And that's why they're kind of middling. Yes. It's going to take a little time. They are nine and four. So I don't want to overreact, but uh, similar to the Mavericks haven't played great teams. Again, I'm going to go through their schedule to start the year. They beat the Sixers. That's a good win. Lost to the Hawks, beat the heat, lost to the Raptors, beat the Knicks, beat the Nets, beat the Pistons, lost to the Pacers, lost to the magic, beat the bulls, Beat the Raptors, beat the Hornets, beat the Mavericks. Yeah, but let's think about they their losses. Bad teams. They've only they, beaten bad teams. They lost to Indiana on a night that only Giannis played. Yeah, they no. They lost to Orlando on a night that I know only Giannis played. There's more context than just looking at the opponents, absolutely. But in general, I mean, I would say that's an easy schedule to start the year as far as some of these schedules go. For some I mean – they didn't look great opening night, but still squeeze out a win against Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a great win. New, new, right? They're a new team. They have no chemistry. And the Philadelphia had their own problems opening night as well with the Harden ordeal. But another quality win against Miami, uh, third game of the year. Love to see that, you know? Um, Miami's 8 and 5, but I don't buy it at all. I think Bams looked incredible this year to start the year. Hero, yeah. I think, is also playing really well. And I think if Jimmy Butler focuses, they're really tough to beat. Yeah. I don't think they're a championship-level team. That's but more than They're yeah. exactly the same team they are they were last year. We're like, can they make it to the finals? Yes. Are they a championship-quality team? No. And I think their ceiling is a, is a finals berth. But I think the Celtics are much more committed this year to, you know, getting ahead early in a series. They had the Celtics – had two seven game series, right? One of them they went down 3-0 and then lost in seven. And yeah. the other one, they were up on the Sixers. The Sixers came back a little bit and then they closed it. So um I think having Drew Holiday again makes the Celtics even tougher. Yeah. And uh no, I think I think that was a net loss because I get it. You bring in Dame, but you kind of lost the heart of your team there. Yeah. And like I think they were also counting on especially too the way that they were constructed. Middleton was supposed to be that spark offense next to Giannis. And now you kind of have two guys who essentially are doing the same thing um, in Middleton and Dame who like per, are acting in that same role. Sure. And you don't have that same defensive. I mean, I want to say almost defensive coordinator for that whole team. I mean, Drew basically was the, the anchor for that whole defensive unit. And now the Celtics have them. Your biggest competition in the East is now solidified. They match up so well against you. And actually you could even go a step forward and say they match up better against you because they can put Drew on Dame, who is supposed to be your focal point now. So, I don't know. I just think that, yes, in theory it worked out, but Drew getting flipped to the Celtics actually came back to the, totally nip them in the ass. I, yeah. 
I think the Bucks are they're relying on a lot of things right now. New coach, new team. You know, is Middleton a hundred percent? Yeah. So I I'd love to see where they're at at the All Star break, and let's say they're not where we expect them to be, but if they can pick it up after the all-star break or even if they head into the all-star break and they're hot and they're looking good and Middleton's in form, like there's such a question mark. I think they have their, their, their uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty around the team Definitely. at their best. Everybody's playing their best up there with the Celtics more realistically. They're going to get knocked out of the playoffs by somebody who wants it more than them. Yeah, I could see it. Well, they're playing the wizards tonight, the Bucks. So yeah. you need to, Get time for Wednesday at seven thirty. They're playing the Celtics. That's going to be an awesome game. Huge and, game. And like, I know it sounds crazy because we're NBA heads, so like we care. But like, this one is a the, the teams should care. This is a serious game. Yeah. And then you get rewarded with another game against the Wizards, a game against the Trailblazers, the Heat, and the Bulls to close out November. You could pretty much go. The only loss I see there is the Celtics. Really. Yeah. Miami's going to show up. That's a nationally televised game, too. You got to play that one. But they'll win, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I would think so. So it, the Bucks could, I would be, you, you're saying like by the All Star break, I'd like to see them at the at the end of November. Like if this could be like 16 and four, or it could be. Yeah. Something. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they go on a little run here, I think that's huge. And I, I would say, I would look at it more towards Christmas. Um, I would give it a little more time to gel, um, but try and get through that. And then, you, you, I mean, they're playing the Knicks on Christmas Day. They should look to dominate that game. They should look to be a well-oiled machine by that point. Then on like that big national stage, really kind of set the tone of like, okay, pump the brakes. Celtics aren't the the real favorite here. That's how I look at it. So they have time, but I do think like it's a legitimate concern that they don't have Drew anymore. All right, Luke. Hit me with your your appetizer. Let's clean up the uh the first course here. Fair, yeah, doing a little uh, draft reflection here. Okay. Um, I, I I know I was a big Thompson brother hater coming in. I know to the I draft. Too. I was too. And now that we've seen a little bit of them, I get the feeling that one of them, specifically a SAR on the Pistons, yeah, is very good. Oh my! He does God. all the little things. His jump shot isn't great, but it'll come along in time or at least good enough for him to remain on the floor in longer periods. Whereas his brother, Eamon, on the rock, it's not as good. And because they were both on overtime elite, you'd see these highlights and you'd think they're both really amazing. Yeah. Whereas one was really, really good and the other one was just good. So to see Amin on the Rockets get taken before Asar and then Asar have all the success has been very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I do think a lot of that is fit too. Um, mm. like I, I just think the systems and everything like that. I think, granted, the Pistons are on an 11 game losing streak. Um, they started the season with a loss, two wins, and now they've lost 11 straight. Um, so yes, you're putting up good numbers as a rookie, but you're losing a ton of games. Part of that's injuries. I mean, they have a lot of guys out. Um, but so I, I do look at it that way. Like, I think. He's contributing more, but in a losing effort. Whereas, I mean, don't look now, but the Rockets are above 500. Well, the, much, but... the Houston Rockets, Thompson brother is not playing. He's only played four games this year. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Like you look at it that way and it's just, it's it's too small of a sample size to really 
actually determine if he's any good. But yeah. six point three point. I mean, again, in four games in sixteen minutes, seventeen minutes a game, six point three points, and then like three rebounds, almost two assists. But yeah, it's way too hard to evaluate. But they're yeah, they're win- the Rockets are winning. So the Rockets are winning. It's been a really big surprise, especially because you kind of felt more hopeful about the Pistons than you did about the Rockets. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally did. I was all in on the Pistons this year, and I still am. I still think they'll figure it out because they really, I mean, they've been missing almost half their roster for most of the season. So it's like I'm going down here now. I'm just looking at everyone who's missed time. Um, It's basically been Cade on his own, but then they've had all of their bigs out. Killian Hayes has missed time. Whatever's going on with Ivy, Burke's missed time. Um, Harris has been out. Bogdanovich has been out. God, Bogdanovich I mean, isn't going to play. He's not going to play a single minute for the Pistons this still, year. But still, I mean, that's a guy who, when he was on the court last year, helped. He was a legitimate con- um, contributor. And then, I mean, I think he's a huge trade target for a lot of teams. So, 100%. I mean, Same Burks. Well, yeah, exactly. Who He's back now, and, like, I think that's going to start helping them. Like, I think they're going to start winning games. They're not as bad as 2-12, and 12, I really don't think. But, I, I mean, they are. They're a good, young, bad team is kind of how you look at it. It's more of a dessert topic, but like this is you're having your appetizers, the table set in the other room, and there's like a bowl of chocolate covered peanuts for some reason on the counter, and you're like snacking on those while you're also eating like buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, uh, I think the dead, the trade deadline this year in particular is going to be insane. And yeah, Pistons are a good way to think about it. I mean, you named a handful of people that clearly contenders would want, and I just feel like there are going to be a ton of teams like that just trying to build up maybe even second rounders or like young players and things for uh, that contenders want like a Bogdanovich or something. Yeah. I feel like there are two deadlines, right? December 15th and January 15th. I'm not sure exactly what they are. That's when like the, the contract signed over the summer or like traded people, their salaries are eligible to be traded again. So that's when we're going to start seeing it. So, yeah, I mean, I really do think it's going to be crazy. Obviously, Maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but the Bulls, yeah. Levine is out, so done. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they did like a load management thing with him where he's like, oh, he's got knee soreness and some bullshit like that. So, yeah, I mean, well, I don't want to take that, might have been someone's main course or anything like that. So, I don't want to get into that unless, but hey, I mean, that was that was definitely something I was planning on talking about today, but that was going to be my dessert. Okay. <laughs> Not we'll to spoil things. Get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, all it's right. Time for dinner. Let's. It's time for dinner. Table set. Um, who wants to lead off with their main course? I'd be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. Run it now. Let's go back the other way. I want to talk about some Mavericks basketball. You know. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of confusion on their roster right now. There's no real direction. Right. We were like, what are they doing? Selecting Derek Lively in the lottery. And then he's been pretty solid for them. Um, yeah, and, you know, un, un, I don't know if this is surprising to you or not, but I've actually watched a lot of Mavericks basketball. You know, big Luka guy over here. There are yeah. times when they play Luka Doncic at center where, like, the other guys on the court, it's like Kyrie, Jaden Hardy, Dante Exum, Grant Williams, and Luka. And Luka's in at center. And I think they do that because they really don't have a center outside of 
Derek Lively, who even then, like, do we want playing 35 minutes a night? So, um, yeah. I mean, he's currently, he's playing like 25 minutes and granted, I feel like that's probably the cap of what you want for him. Sure. But I mean, seven and a half rebounds, um, 1.2 blocks a game for a rookie center. I mean, that's kind of all you're asking for, especially on a team with that much offense. Like you don't, he's only scoring like nine points a game. It's like, that's all you really need from that type of center. Mm-hmm. He's actually a rim runner defender. So I, I, I think that's fine. I think Grant Williams has been playing a lot too, just to kind of help solidify that. And like, I was getting to the Clevas and Powell's too, who play a little bigger, but yeah, they're not the biggest team. And maybe that becomes a problem throughout the they season. They got killed on the glass yesterday by the Kings. Right. So that's like, the thing. Like that could become an issue against some of these teams with better bigs. Like, I don't know. Whenever they play the Sixers, I mean, Embiid's just going to have a field day. Same with like the Yoke. Yeah. So all these good centers are probably going to dominate, but that's fine. That's how you built this roster, and that's what you're prepared for. Um, this year is a throwaway year. I think this is another year where can't afford Mark, a throwaway year though. Just like they can. Luka's going to get tired of that. No, 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 no. I I am very high on the Mavericks' future. I think what they have on their roster is some good pieces. Right. Yeah. Derek Lively's not good today, but he could be good tomorrow. Right. You know, there are guys, there are other guys on the roster. I think Jaden Hardy getting some more minutes would be huge for them. I know he's not starting. I know he's not playing a lot, but I think it's really great that Kyrie and him are there on the team together. We see, we look at the maxi highlights. Yeah. There are times when he looks a lot like James Harden. Jaden Hardy was drafted, was a huge number, huge recruit, went to the G League Ignite, was eh, but he still got drafted in the second round. It's a good value pick. There's a lot of potential there, and I think if you can learn under someone like Kyrie Irving, it could be really valuable. I also think having Tim Hardaway Jr. there with Jaden Hardy, it gives him options to develop into different types of players. So I'm big on him, and I think he'll be a good fit next to Luka. They have Derek Lively, who I think will be good. Josh Green has looked really good. Um, So... I'm high on the Mavericks' future. I think they have value on their roster. Will Kyrie Irving be a long-term solution for them? I don't think so. But right. think about all the teams that would love to have Kyrie Irving on their team for a championship run. You just you need a shot creator? Come, Yeah, hey, we'll trade you a couple futures and a salary swap for Kyrie, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's right. I fast. I think that, that needs to happen in the next year. Yeah, maybe. Right. That's the thing. I don't think they can be tremendously patient. Why? We've seen this a million times. This is just, it's LeBron repeating itself. The Cavs took like seven years, six years to get him. But the Cavs were always incompetent. And so so has this Dallas organization when he's been there. Granted, they've taken swings, but they've been disasters. But that's no different than like them bringing in old ass Shaq to play with LeBron. Like, sure. You know, I just think. None of the moves they made have helped. Last year was a disaster. This year, especially now that they've set themselves up very highly, they start losing and losing at a fast rate. Yeah. This is all it's eye test for me, but like, and Luke, you've been watching a lot of them, so you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Luke is pretty volatile and has a temper and. We know that. That's been established. 100%. 100% agree with that. Walking attitude problem for the second best person in the league and an MVP candidate who is going to get tired of people sucking next. I think he like LeBron and a big, a big asterisk I have on LeBron or something I hold against him is he really can't 
control it on the court when he hates what somebody's his teammates doing. And it, he it's a bad he gets upset. He's a it's, diva. So yeah. like I think that alone, that's why you gotta figure this out quickly. I but, think again, they have too many they have too many ego guys in that locker room. Like even I can't believe I'm saying this. Like obviously the the two that come to mind are Kyrie and uh Luca, but go down that roster. Like even Grant Williams has had his faults in Boston. That dude done. absolutely I'll make them both and then bricks too and then like oh, that's just, just that's saying, just him talking shit to Donovan Mitchell. I know, but I'm just saying like they are guys who are very emotional, is how I'd put it. And I mean, you go down that roster, and there's plenty of guys like that. And I just think, ah, if this goes south, it's going to go south fast. Jason, yeah, Kidd, yeah, yeah. I liked him as a player. He was my favorite player growing up. Has shown he doesn't necessarily have the best leadership skills in terms of managing personalities on a basketball team. Um, so I don't know. Uh, call me a skeptic still, Luke. I know you're all in on him, but yeah, no, no, no. And what you guys are bringing up is really relevant, but I think. You know, no, they're winning. I've been, I, I, winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a Luka Doncic fan for a long time. Yeah, we we have a similar name. We put, I like to think that I play a lot like him. Uh, he's been better. There have been times when like the refs will call something, and I can see him get really frustrated. Yeah. And last year, teed oh, up right there. Yeah. He would he would he would yell at the ref. The ref would have teed him up, and now and he would have been like, "Go screw yourself!" Blah blah blah. There are times when I'm like, oh, he's about to get teched up and he just laughs it off and like walks the other way. And I was like, that's a huge growth step for Luca. Yeah. And I've been really impressed by that. Does he still get technical fouls? Does he still get emotional? A hundred percent. But actually, you, you kind of see him get a little bit more mature. You see him kind of be more of that leader. And I think something that's so huge is is his fitness level. We, we talked about how they released that video. Luca's in the best shape. Ha ha ha. Let's all make a joke at it. He is in good sh- in for the first time, right? And we saw this with Jokic, right? Like Jokic came into the season in good shape, healthy, ready to play basketball, and he won the MVP, right? Same thing with Luca, right? He's making these steps. He's understanding he's the best player on this team, and if he wants to win a championship, it's upon him and himself only, right? And the Mavs will do their best to, to put the roster around him that he needs. And it starts, right? Like, I think Grant Williams is a huge pickup. I think Derek Lively might be good in a couple of years. We, I talked about Jaden Hardy, right? It just it's going to take time, and a hundred percent agree with you. Luca is a diva, but things might be different in in three years when he's ready to sign a new extension. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen him grow up. I don't know. That was this was an emotional beginning to dinner. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I get I get it, but I don't know. All right, want my uh my main course? Let's do it. The New Orleans Pelicans should trade Zion now. Stole my dessert. Uh, what? I spoiled dessert. He stole my dessert. I like this as right. a I thought this was a bigger conversation. It's a um I think and again, his his numbers generally support this because he's averaging twenty-two-ish, about twenty-two points per game, six point three rebounds, and four point four assists on fairly inefficient. Well, I guess he's shooting uh fifty-two percent from the floor, but I just it, the way he's looked in the past he doesn't have that same explosiveness there he's definitely taking plays off he hasn't played every game this season he's had some injury um or rest just they're just outright load managing him yeah yeah. i think before the perception of him drops they need to offload him because also perception of him has already dropped i know but i'm saying even further because realistically he signed that big extension it's a ton of money 
I I think you have to do it sooner than later because you need to be able to catch a team that says, oh, change the scenery, we can change him, we can get him right. But the longer you let this drag out where he's kind of a liability to your team, maybe gets hurt again and it's a longer absence than just like these few games where he's like a little banged up. Sure. Ah, it compiles on what's happened the last few years. And I think the Pelicans, A, could definitely get a ton for him. I just think the the upside is so much that teams would shell stuff out. 100%. And B, I just don't think he's the best fit on that roster as they're constructed. So I think you actually would be able to free up Brandon Ingram to be a little bit more like himself. You have guys like Jonas Valanciunas. He's a good center, but he needs to be kind of by the rim. Yeah, he could space the floor a little bit, but still, he's better when he's kind of in the paint and you know posting up and he can shoot a little bit, but still. I just think you have, and then you have so many wings and, and bigs and everything that yeah, yeah. you need them. You need a guard pretty badly. Yeah, and CJ so, McCollum had to collapse long. Yeah, exactly. And so right now, and like, obviously CJ McCollum is generally getting a little older. Um, you know, he's, he's 32, I think. Yeah, he's in his, I'm now on his back. Yeah, he's 32. Um, I also want to make a counter to your Zion's not as explosive as it used to be. Okay. So when he got into the league and we saw him literally dunk everything and try and rip the rim down, he hurt himself trying to do all that, jumping out the gym, taking off from the free throw line, yada, yada, yada. I think the Pelicans have said to him, look, it's really great that you can do all that. And we'd love to see it. It sells tickets. It sells jerseys. It builds our brand. But we need, you need to think about yourself as a player and understand that doing that isn't good for your knees. It's not good for your ankles. It's not good for your hips. And Zion just is like, you're right. And he's starting to just, he's just laying it up instead of trying to dunk everything, which I think is a huge growth step for him. Yes. And... Yes and no. Because I think part of the reason he was this high draft pick was because of that. You were looking at him and thinking he's going to be this super athletic freak. And I still attest he lost like 20 to 30 pounds. He's, he's not going to lose that way, ever lose that way. Yeah, but he should. And most NBA players have been able to fluctuate weight to accommodate their team. Look at Jokic. Jokic, you watch, Jokic lost a ton yeah. of weight and went and won two MVPs in an NBA Finals. So like, yeah, but you can do it. Zion is still Zion is still too big, too strong, too fast, too explosive for anybody to guard. Even if he's not dunking everything, you know, putting it down on people's heads and all this and that, he's it's still impossible to guard. He beat Doncic and Jokic back to back. When Zion plays, whether he's throwing everything down or he's he's just being himself, it works. But I will stir the pot a little bit. Okay. He did miss some time, and they, they talked to him after a game one time, and he said, I'm having a hard time buying in. You don't want to hear that. No. And the second thing is, yeah, the, the second thing is, I don't know if I sent you guys this article, the post or not about the statistics. The Pelicans are worse with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson on the floor. When they're both together on the floor, they're like minus nine. When it's just sign, it's like minus 15. And when it's just BI, it, it's like minus 10. So exactly. He doesn't fit the roster. And so, I think I think it makes sense to move on from them. Well, I soon because their team isn't bad and you should capitalize on the strong roster. You have a lot of guys on these cheaper contracts. It makes sense to do it now. They yeah. should they should one hundred percent do it. It's interesting, though, because I'll make this even more of a meal because this is going to be part of the cherry on top of my dessert a little. Like, is there merit to blowing up the top of their team? Like, both of them. Oh, interesting. And yeah. the, re 
the reason I get, go back and forth on that is, I mean, it's way early in the season, but they're the nine seed. I think the Clippers will jump them. And then I wouldn't sleep on Memphis coming back, maybe. I wouldn't uh, sleep on it. I wouldn't I'm big sleep. on Brandon Ingram. I, I think you hold on to Brandon Ingram. I, I understand that you're not good with him on the floor, but uh, watching him in that Team USA team in that run and watch him really struggle offensively. He he bought in on defense. He was blocking shots. He was he was playing backline defense at one of the forward spots. I, I think that's so huge. You know, let's say Brandon Ingram is on your roster and he's 32 and your team's really bad and you get a number one draft pick and you draft another Zion-esque prospect. Brandon Ingram is not a bad guy to have on your roster. Very similar to what CJ McCollum is now, where like he's just a savvy vet. He can create his own shot. If he really needed to, he could play defense, right? He's six foot nine. It's not like he's, you know, weak or anything like that. So I'm big on Brandon Ingram. I think you keep him. I'm big on him too. And I don't think he's just like a savvy vet. I think he's legitimately really good at basketball. Right now, I think he's legitimately good. He's an all-star. And it's just so tough because it's clearly Zion's the issue. And it, I, it goes to show you, and again, we're spending a lot of time on your meal, Matthew. I hope that's okay. No, I, that's why I brought it to the table. It just goes to show that when you, when you rig a draft and send a guy where he doesn't want to go, and then it also speaks to a bigger picture on New Orleans. This, again, is part of the cherry. Anthony Davis never wanted to be there. And then it got really ugly towards the end. Like what's going on there? Bigger picture on small markets. Like how do we solve this problem of no one wanting to be there? Except I I necessarily think it's true. Cause look at like the new Orleans saints. I mean, they were so good for so long. People, Uh, people still like being there. I think that's the huge problem with it. The owner of the saints is the same owner of the Pelicans. And I think the owner and that group that owns both those teams is football, 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 football. And none of them care about the basketball team and the basketball players feel that. And they're like, if you don't want to be here, then why do I want to be here? And right, I think so that creates a culture issue. So yeah. There's a, I mean, there's a deeper thing going on. And I think a short term solution is getting Zion out of there because he clearly doesn't want to be there. I agree with you, Matthew, that I think, I mean, clearly you think of New York being like, if he goes to a place where he, we think he wants to be, then maybe things change. I mean, Dallas, Dallas, we were just talking about, doesn't have a lot of bigs. He'd be a good fit there. He's not a big though. He's a forward. Yeah, but he's still. I mean, he plays big. He is he going to block shots? He doesn't, in the, in the he doesn't play threes. He doesn't shoot threes. He essentially is inside in the paint. That's where he scores most of his points. Like I look at him more as a big. And when you have on their team, they have a lot of stretch guys. It makes sense to kind of plug him in there, where he can essentially act as a center. He can essentially yeah. he can kind of play like a Draymond Green in a way, where he can play next to a big, but realistically can act as a center on his own if you want to go small. So yeah, I think. I think best case scenario with Zion is you play kind of like a two big system. You put him next to like a Mitchell Robinson or a Rudy Gobert or somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we took a lot of time on my meal. So I don't want to, I don't want to overly hog it all, but Michael, we're on to you. What did you bring to the, to the table for dinner? Mine's easy and simple. Like just Thanksgiving Turkey. It's easy to, Minnesota Timberwolves are a top four team in the league and are a bona fide actual threat to win the title. I don't think it's, I don't think it's completely out of the question that they win this year. Okay. So I I agree. I mean, they are, they're surging. They're number one in the West technically by percentage with OKC right behind them. Do you think they need to tweak their roster at all? Do you think they can get there currently as constructed? 
I think they, I think they can get there currently as constructed. And the only other thing they could think about doing is trading cat for a lot of good stuff. And yeah, that... I personally, I mean, they are starting to figure it out and you didn't really get enough of it last year. So you didn't really get to see everyone together. And so I don't, I think if they're going to trade cat, you have to wait until the deadline when like you really have to get the sample size in there. Cause he's starting to play a lot better. Yeah. And Robert looks like a defensive player of the year candidate again. Anthony Edwards is definitely taking a jump. And then everyone else is playing well. I mean, I'm now I'm just looking at their roster. Like, and I'm just on basketball reference going down. I've mentioned Anthony Edwards. I mentioned Kat. Nas Reed has been fantastic. Gobert, Conley is like not turning the ball over and doing exactly what he needs to do, as in being just a veteran presence who's just like a steady hand. Slow-mo Kyle Anderson has been slow-mo Kyle Anderson. Um, I mean, my God, Jane McDaniels has been fantastic on defense. Like they just have and I mean, Shake Milton is a good addition. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and realistically, you don't need a ton. But I'll again, I'll trigger this by saying, if you were to go trade Towns for more of a traditional power forward, um, I think that would benefit them, or maybe just like extra pieces here or there, solidify the bench, maybe upgrade um, here or there, something like that. But no, I I think they're pretty they're pretty close. Oh. You mentioned something you said a few times doing what they need to do. Like Mike Conley's doing what he needs to do. Nasreed's a beast. And Nasreed could probably be starting somewhere. Like the fact that he's a would bench, start. I would say he's still on most teams. So you're catching them. We're catching them in a timing wise in a really good spot where like you have Nasreed is going to become like unaffordable at some point. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They have three, three centers now who make a ton of money and should probably sustainable and should probably all kind of be all-star consider. And their ownership has shown that they don't necessarily want to spend a ton of money just historically. And I know that they sold the team, but really, even, though, though, yeah. even the way that they purchased the team, it wasn't just a lump sum thing. They're essentially doing a payment plan and all that. Like they, they don't have all the capital that let's say Mash it, Matt Ishbia with the Suns has where he just bought them outright and is ready to go. Or like Steve Cohen with the Mets, for example, like they don't have that money. So especially early on here when they're going to have that big price tag, I think it's going to be harder for them to commit to it. So I could see them looking to offload. And then outside of cap stuff and like logistics, mm-hmm. they're reminding me of the Nuggets. And that's why I think they're going to win. I think it's everybody has a role. Everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And then, Anth- uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards is clearly just emerging as one of the I think it's fitting that you say that they remind you of the Nuggets too, because Tim Connolly is the GM. So oh, well, I mean, GM. he put together that team and now he's essentially doing it again. And I know... Gave up way too much for Gobert. Everyone knows that. But might be working out. So, like, as much as I want to judge that trade, and you probably could have gotten them for a lot less, I still think, like, all right, at the end of the day, if you win a championship, it doesn't matter. I think they're, yeah. I think they are clearly in the that echelon, and it's because they're completely reminding me of, like, the discipline of the Nuggets. Who threatens them in your eyes, though? Let's say, like, for argument's sake, we're looking at them as a, as a title contender. Who do you think in the West... And I know so much can change. I think a lot of teams in the West beat them right now. Who do you think will beat them? Denver. Denver. I agree. Phoenix. Phoenix, if healthy, like and all together. They're all going to, all three of those I think guys we can are imagine play by, by playoff time, they're going to be healthy. I think we can imagine. Kings could beat them. I don't think the Kings can beat them. I, I think, think they could. Um, I'm so, I'm so concerned a little bit with the Gobert Towns defensive scheme yeah. i definitely agree with the whole like everybody's playing their part and they found a scheme that works for them 100 percent agree with them agree with that i think 
last year the go bear towns thing was kind of thrown onto the coach chris finch and and now he's kind yeah. of figured out what they they're doing and i, mean, I don't think they're going to trade towns I mean, cat injury cat missed most of the season so like yeah how do you even figure and they out got good with towns out towns was out they were like oh my god we're good yeah i don't think they should trade towns now and you're right it's unsustainable three centers they're all gonna have to get paid they did just extend nasri this summer for i think three years maybe so you yeah. have time on towns towns is going to be the first guy moved and i think that for two reasons one Naz Reed can step in and play power forward. Playing small forward right now, he can play power forward. They also drafted a guy, Leonard Williams, out of the G League, who I think was a high-level prospect, but they say very raw, but can contribute. He's a great defender. He's shown flashes to shoot threes. He can play that power forward spot. So you just need to give him some time to develop. Maybe we'll see him play next year. Probably not this year. And, you know, well, I, I just... I also think in any cat trade, it's not like you're trading him for picks. You're going to be trading him for replacing players. So you're going to fill that spot. You could get a four. You could get extra wings so you can shift guys to play the four. I also think they're going to lose value on Towns. Yeah, definitely. Very similar to the way the Sixers lost value on Harden. Right. I think that contract is is brutal. Like, there's no way around it. It's a tough contract. No, but they'll be able to fill in the plugs that they need to fill. They'll assess exactly what they're going to miss when they lose Towns, and they'll trade him for exactly what they need. One thing I do want to point out about this Timberwolves team, too, and since I've kind of been running down every team just to evaluate how they've looked at the beginning of the year, they've not had the easiest schedule. I mean, they had a huge win against the Celtics in overtime. So they lost to the Raptors to start the year. Then they beat the Heat, lost to the Hawks, but then they beat the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Celtics, the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Warriors twice, lost to the Suns, beat the Pelicans again. I mean, yes, that's is that the hardest schedule? Probably not. Is that the easiest? Also not. I'd say they're playing a ton of like middle of the road teams or good teams, and they came out of it pretty damn good. The Boston Celtics game is the most revealing game they've played this whole year. Yeah, Anthony Edwards took the the challenge of guarding Jason Tatum. The Nuggets was also pretty indicative, Um, but I mean, again, that's at home. You never know. I mean, it's it's kind of random. I no, the Celtics win uh, because. We saw what Tatum did against the Knicks. The Knicks were up by what, like five or six in that fourth quarter. And then Tatum said no. Yeah. And he won the Celtics that game by himself. And Tatum wasn't even having a good game at that point. He was just like, and it's over for you. Yeah. And he tried doing that same exact thing against the Nuggets. And Anthony Edwards said no. Anthony Edwards had five fouls and continued to guard Jason Tatum. Yeah. And, and that's what you need to see, right? And this is your superstar player. He's got five fouls. He knows he can't defend, but he's still in there trying to do it. And I think that's so telling. And then I, that's also why I think Cat's gone, right? We've never seen Cat do something like that. Yeah, he puts up stats, but he's he's never shown the heart and the desire to, to be the best. And right. I think – I love Anthony Edwards. I can't speak enough about him. He's on the fantasy team last year. Great, great guy. Love it. So. All right. I'm glad we're aligned. So far, we're all enjoying our meal. Our, I feel like we haven't necessarily had any opposition. There hasn't been, like, I feel like <laughs> politics hasn't come up at the dinner table yet. But um, <laughs> let's see what happens when we turn to dessert. Because I do, we have 17 minutes. I do want to watch the Knicks play the Tim Rolls at 8 p.m. So let's shoot to to wrap this up by then. Does anyone want to start with their dessert? I know I mentioned I was going to do the bowls, but that's kind of boring. Who didn't, who didn't start? Matthew. I haven't started. All right, so I'll go first. Mine is in tandem with James Harden being on um, the Clippers now and them going on this crazy losing streak and just being bad. I mean, I guess they did just beat the Rockets. They finally got their first win. Um, but since the trade, the the their games with since the Harden trade, 
think they technically lost to the Lakers after it was made. But then with him active, they lost the Knicks, lost the Nets, lost the Mavericks, lost the Grizzlies, lost the Nuggets, and then finally beat the Rockets. Russell Westbrook. Russell, my 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 dessert for you guys to discuss is Russell Westbrook has requested to come off the bench to help team chemistry and get them to figure it out. I think James Harden should be the one to come off the bench because, and I'll tell you why, and this is, I'll set you guys up to then either roast me because I'm saying that you should take the guy who led the league in assists and put him on the bench. Russell Westbrook has shown the ability to say, okay, fine. I recognize I'm not being asked to do the things I used to do in my career. I will do, I'll cut, I'll slash, I'll rebound. I'll do everything I need to do to help the team win. Harden has not shown an ability to do that. So by putting him on the bench and letting him lead the second unit, he can kind of be the dribble, dribble, dribble Harden. And then when Paul George and Kawhi are on the court, they can be the offensive focus. And so then you can kind of balance it out that way a little bit better. And Russ can play with them. He's going to be a slasher next to them. He's going to do the dirty work. And he's still going to have time to go be Russ. I mean, look at the the stiff arm dunk on uh, – what? who did he dunk on? He dunked on uh, – Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Um, like, he's still going to be him. But that tenacity, I think, is better suited for the starting lineup with their stars than Harden. Harden won't cut. Harden won't catch and shoot. Like, that guy's only going to play if it's his way. I think you should ship him to the bench and start Russell Westbrook. All right. Yeah. Well, enjoy that dessert. I somewhat agree. I somewhat don't. I think Harden should end games instead of Westbrook. But Harden shouldn't touch the ball. It's still Kawhi and Paul George games. He's never gonna to play that. He's never gonna play that way. That's why they keep losing. That's why they didn't want to trade for him until the NBA said you had to do it, right? So, no and, and they didn't give up much. So, yeah, no, they didn't. But it was forced, and uh, and I, I think that because you know Westbrook can shoot threes from the corner and the corner only, whereas Harden can space the floor from anywhere. Even yeah, you know, no, and I get that. Yeah. The problem is he's like he's shown. I mean, there's been a few times he catches the ball in the three point line. There's not a defender within ten feet of him, and he's, he's not a catch and shoot player. He'll always take that extra dribble, which is awful. He, on this team, he has to be. That's the only way they're going to win. And you just said, right? I think it should be Harden coming off the bench because he has to learn how to play like that. If Harden wants to, to be here on the Clippers, we'll have to learn to play his role, whether it's off the bench or it's in that starting lineup. It, I think it's the still only way, Kawhi's team. It's still Paul George's team, right? I think the only way he's going to play his game, though, is if he's like the guy with the ball. And that only happens if he's on the bench with the bench. We're, I'm calling the bench scrubs. Their bench is good. but We're glancing over that he said that he is himself a system. Yeah. yeah like, he's arrogant. He's selfish. Right. And then it makes me think, it's just all sad. This dessert is sad because it makes me think, how is Kawhi okay with this? This is the... Why? I know he's not. Well, he's he so toxic. None of them they wanted all, they all signed off. The players all signed off on it. The play sometimes, like man, no, they make bad decisions. Wow. Undeniably, this yeah. was just a bad decision. Yes, but like, I, how much? How much does it hurt having Harden versus Nick Batum? Because Nick Batum is essentially the only rotation player they really shipped out. But at least he was just planting him and. Chucking up threes when he got the ball, right? I'm just Nick, uh, exactly. Nick Batum was playable in crunch time. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. He accepted his role, and I think that's the thing. Harden needs to come to terms with the fact that he's not Harden. He could have been if he showed up to the Sixers this year. He could have still been Harden. Hundred percent. He didn't want that, so 
He could have been what Tyrese Maxey is to the Sixers right now, but he didn't. Yeah, like you said, he didn't want that. Uh, You know, uh, Harden did it to himself. The only person who has put Harden in this situation is himself. And it's tough. He'll never recognize that, but. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. So that's my dessert. I see that you guys are generally on the same page as me. Um, Let's go to one of yours that way. In interest of time. Mike? Okay, I'll go. This was the other half of my, like, banana split dessert. Okay. I originally had Zion, like, a team need. I have two teams need to move someone. My first one was the Pelicans need to move Zion. And my second one, I will let you give a guess. It's in the East. The Knicks need to move Julius Randle? The Cavs need to think about moving Donovan Mitchell sooner. Uh, Wow. Wow. I agree with that. He's not staying. He's not staying. But... He's not staying. They're just over 500. They're an eight seed. They're not getting any better. Pick up a small forward. And he has one more year on his deal next season, too. Yeah, I mean, but who's going to trade for him? Again, it's another one of those guys are going to lose value because he's put himself in a situation where people believe he is not staying. If people believe that... You're better off keeping him and trying to save it. Because otherwise, you're not going to get value. And And so... If you're the... You could always trade him next year to get that recoup of something. I mean, they got to figure something. I mean, I don't know what they want the season to look like, but they're going to be in the plane. Trade, trade, trade. You think for they're fit. a plan team? You don't think they're going to outright make it? It's still early. I think Orlando's going to drop. But... I think Miami drops too, and I think Orlando the has the best defense in the hitting. league, though. Don't it's forget tough. that. That's why it's tough. I think Indiana. You never know, and then and then Atlanta. Plus, yeah. you have Toronto hovering just beneath 500. So, I do think the Cavs have a pretty high probability of just landing somewhere between seven and ten. And yeah, they, I could see them as high as four, as low as ten. But yeah. I, I think they've officially dropped out from like that. They're in the lower end of the middle echelon of the East. Yes, yeah, they're in the right. They're a playoff team, but they're not a like. I don't see them winning the finals. So then the Knicks have proven that they're better, and. The Knicks have, have they? That. Have they though? I don't. I yes. Don't know if it. Yes. Yeah. If we play the, the Cavs, if we play the Cavs team in another seven game series, Cavs been weirdly injured to start the year. Garland has missed time. Jared Allen has missed time. There, I give them a month. Same thing that I said about the Bucks. Give them till Christmas. I think they're going to turn it around. Okay, and then I'll let. I get Evan... your point. I get your point about trading him because you're right. He's probably not going to stay. I I still think you have to give it more time. The reason I think about trading him is the two things. Like he's not going to stay, and then what are you planning to do here? You're going to yeah. keep him and just be a playing team and get a bad draft pick. I'm also going to have Evan Mobley catch a stray because I've been quoted on this podcast as saying he's like Tim, the second coming of Tim Duncan. That's just not the case, I guess. I'm a little soon to be saying that about him. He's playing fine, but he's not. He's been better this so year. He had so much hype, and I think his offensive game hasn't come along as much as the defensive side of things has. I think he, he, has the, he has the tools to be good offensively, but he really is not demonstrating them. Um, but, so, I mean, like he was almost defensive player of the year last year. Like, he's good, just not – you have Jared Allen at center to kind of do that, so you do you need both of them playing that same role and then not contributing really on offense. So – so yeah, my they're, just, they're similar to the Pelicans in that their offense, their their whole roster construction doesn't make a ton of sense. Like when it comes to their big men, they have a lot of good wings, they have a lot of good guards, and I actually like what they did in the offseason. 
I just don't love the fit of Mobley, Allen. Like, I wish they had more of a stretch big. And I don't know why they traded Kevin Love. I thought he was a good fit, but whatever. I think Kevin Love wanted to be there. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, my dessert is that the Cavs situation is weird. Let's monitor it and Donovan Mitchell can get traded next year at the latest. I, I, 100% 100% agree Donovan Mitchell should get traded simply based on the fact that people do not believe he's going to stay. And trade him for fit. Gonna You're going to lose value. Just trade him for fit. Trade him for a small forward. Trade him for a power forward. You know, a forward, a big forward. That's the only right. Garland's going to take another step. Mobley's going to take another step. Right? Even if we're talking about here, they, you know, Mobley's not going to play power forward, small forward. He's a center. Fine. You know, you can move Allen for something too, right? And move Mo- Mobley back to the center spot. But you you would need a Aaron Gordon type of defender there, right? You're the Kings. Do you think about trading some package centered around Keegan Murray to get him? No. Why? Because I have De'Aaron Fox. You can't play... T- Donovan Mitchell is a point guard. If you have an established point guard on your roster, you cannot trade for Donovan Mitchell. I think the... The only thing the Kings should be thinking about is like OG Ananobi, Siakam, something like that. Okay. All right. I would tra- I would trade Mitchell like for OG and Schroeder, hundred percent. But why would the Raptors do it? Who knows? Well, Maybe the Raptors can flip Mitchell have, into something have, else. You have Mitchell, Scotty Barnes, and Siakam. It's not bad. I also this think Siakam's out. This was an interesting dessert because now we're talking Raptors getting I Mitchell. Oh yeah, we bounced around. Okay, Matt, hit us. Yeah. Hit us with your dessert and close us out. I've been very happy with the play of Yusuf Nurkic. I think okay. That's, a lot of people. Um, he's a lot of people. I mean, I agree. I get it. A lot of people hated on him. They were like, "Oh my god, you know, you can't play defense." Yada yada yada. I, I I agree. Not the best defender, but I think it makes it easy when you have Kevin Durant next to you, and Kevin Durant's putting you in the right place to be successful. And Kevin Durant is also six foot ten and, and can do a little bit of shot blocking and things like that, right? Makes it very easy for Nurkic to be a neutral on defense. I think we are again small sample size. Wait until we're like twenty games into the season, then all of a sudden he has to miss the next fifteen games. Yeah, one hundred percent. So not durable, and that's going to really torpedo their season because yeah, he's the only big I trust on that roster. He is the only big the, yeah, after their starting five, yeah. maybe six players. They don't have anybody, right? Like they're playing garbage people next to Kevin Durant. They're just trying to find somebody to play minutes. But I guess to your point, that shows how valuable he's been. You if, know, and he's a hundred percent going to load manage like the rest of them, yeah. without a doubt. He'll get his turn at some point in the season. If but they're more, let's say for argument's sake, they get all their stars back, and they're not necessarily the best defenders. They play, I don't know, a Kogi maybe at the three. And yeah. then let's say Nurkic gets hurt. Their starting center is going to be Drew Eubanks. That is Drew not. Drew Eubanks isn't terrible. Again, another one of those guys. That is not a good defensive team. Another and another one of those. Definitely big. You're, the other big you're going to have to bring in to play then at, behind them is either going to be Bull Bull, like Azabuki, or. No, they'll play small. Yeah, and the biggest go Udo Wanabe, maybe. Also get crushed in the playoffs. Small's gonna get crushed in the playoffs. I'm gonna your your biggest thing I like about Nurkic is his offensive fit. Yeah. You know, I think we were like, oh, what does he do on offense? He just rolls. Uh, I think He's he played so much time with a little bit. It's interesting. Well, I think he played so much time with Damon CJ that he's kind of built himself into like a 
center who works very well with high-level scoring guards like Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. And even Kevin Durant can be considered a high-level scoring guard. So yeah, it's such a beautiful fit. And he also, I think they played like Golden State early in the year and I watched him bully Kevon Looney and Kevon Looney had a miserable game. And I was like, what is happening to Kevon Looney? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. I mean, they're also playing through him a little bit and they're letting him facilitate a little more. His assist He's a good passer. Yeah, he's a good he's a better passer than I realized. Not my fantasy team. I'm reaping complete benefits. Yeah. No, he's he's a much better facilitator than I think he got credit for in Portland all those years. Um and I guess it makes sense that Denver drafted him and Jokic. I mean, I guess they had an eye for just big men that could contribute in more ways than more ways than one. Um I also think Aiton has shown a little bit more of himself in Portland. I think he's doing a good job rebounding, but he hasn't done anything else did you see the Kendrick Perkins screens he was setting the other night Uh, where he was just he was like standing in place and nobody was running into him he wasn't setting screens he was just there's also a stat that he would be the only center in NBA history averaging a certain number of minutes to average under a free throw attempt per game I mean he's just not playing physical basketball which is pretty absolutely not for a center especially when you're He's not necessarily a, like not a physically imposing center either. Like I would say he's he's big, huge. He's massive. Right. He's like seven feet, two hundred. No reason pounds. he's not getting the line like at least four times a game. You know, I remember him in the draft, and I think his biggest criticism was that he doesn't box out on rebounds. He he relies on his leaping ability to grab rebounds, and in college that worked. He averaged like nine rebounds a game in college at Arizona. But in the NBA, that's not going to work. You got to box out. You got to play physical. And and the biggest concern was that he will not play physical. He's Ben Simmons. I mean, kind of. Kind of, but at least Ben Simmons, you're not looking at him as a center. You kind of looked at him as your point guard. So it's like, all right, he's just another guy out there. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton can't dribble. Right, exactly. So that's like the one difference. But yeah, I mean, from a pretty boy standpoint, yeah. And just effort level in general. Yeah. That's my biggest concern with Josh Giddy too. Here in my apartment, I complain for three hours a night about how Josh Giddy doesn't attack the boards hard enough. Josh Giddy does not attack the boards hard enough. He averaged eight rebounds a game last year. He's now down to five. I'll leave you. I'll leave you with one. Thanks, more, I'll leave you with one last piece of pie on Thanksgiving. Um, speaking of trades and people that might need to get dealt, I think Giddy's going to be the odd man out in OKC and get traded generally sooner than later. Because they're going to have to pay all of them. SGA is really their ball handler. Giddy doesn't necessarily serve a purpose if he doesn't have the ball. He's such a good facilitator. It's going to be Jalen Williams. No. Oh, I think he's more essential than Giddy. Yeah. No, no he's a, and I think teams he's the most valuable out of all of them. Because he's so unique. But they, they already have guys that fill that role. They have so many picks left. They're going to ship off Giddy and like all sorts of picks for like a, a wing or a three. That's my that's my like parting. I think that everyone should have that on their radar now that OKC is getting good. Now Josh Giddey is going to play more power forward, Maybe. but if he really he does set their offense. I think you'd be very surprised. He, no, he I, believe me, I think he's a good player. I'm just saying long term, I could see them moving on from him. He's he's like the Yusuf Nurkic of their offense. They they give yeah. it to him at the top of the key. He he dishes it out to the guards for dribble handoffs and. Uh, when he sees Chet open, he throws lobs and interior passes and things like that. Yeah. Also, yeah. I've been so big on Chet. I know. Uh, well, that was what in the intro, I, I, we didn't end up talking about it. But yeah, the rookie of the year race is going to be closer than we thought. 
Chad's playing unbelievable basketball. I've been most, I guess maybe I'm not surprised by it, but no. he's so calm. He's so smooth. That's what it is. It seems like I've noticed Victor clearly gets frazzled from time to time, and it's it's very apparent. You don't really see it with Chet. Victor, no, I think he locks it. In. He'll get hit once or twice and not get a call, and you really notice him be like, whoa, what's going on here? Chet, yeah. even when teams are being physical with him, like he doesn't really show that. He never has got that Kawhi Leonard type of mindset. He's just quiet. He doesn't say nothing. He he just, he gets called for fouls. He like claps his hands and he like gets over it. He he gets back on defense. So it's ridiculous. Yeah. And he's knocking down threes at like 50%. And it's crazy. It's who he was at Gonzaga. Yeah. All right, fellas, it's eight o'clock, which means it is time for me to watch the New York Knicks play basketball. Go Knicks, baby. I know. Against the Wolves, who I just like pumped up like crazy, but we need to beat them. Need, to, need beat to beat them, and honestly, that'll help. We'll revisit this podcast tomorrow as I'm I'm listening to us over again, and I'll see if any of our points held true. But we we match up well against yeah Mitchell Robinson. The they are not a great rebounding team for having all the bigs they have. Oddly enough, so I well, I'm looking for Mitchell Robinson to continue his hot offensive rebounding streak. Yeah, let's see what Josh Hart can do tonight playing yeah. against Naz Reed at small forward. Can't wait. Can't also, wait. who's JD McD- They match up so well against us too. I know this How is I, it's a fun it's a fun game. I'm looking game. forward to it. Brunson Conley, yeah. Well, there's just all sorts of good matchups. How about uh, Dante Divincenzo having a career high? Yeah, again. That's the sweetest of desserts today. Yeah, when that ha- that's it. Yeah, is getting off the podcast and watching the Knicks have just a stellar performance against the Western Conference leading Timberwolves. Oh no. Oh no! Um, As you can see, it's gotten very dark here in Seattle very quickly. That's because you're getting ready for the game. Yeah, the sun sunsets immediately. Yeah. Just chilling in the dark, recording a podcast. Also, Matt, I'm playing you in fantasy this week. I'm the worst team in the league. I am but... nervous. I mean, I lost nine to one last week, so uh, I lost the two only eight. up from here. Yeah, it's <laughs> it can't really get much worse. So we'll see. But I've uh, I've won five categories. I've won seven categories all year. That's not good. The problem the problem is, is everybody's picking people up to try and maximize the number of games they're playing. I'm picking people up trying to figure out who needs to be on my roster and who doesn't need to be on my I roster. I have guys that I want to drop, but I'm like, do I really drop this guy? Like, it feels wrong. I'm, I'm going to let in garbage. I'm going to give the thoughts a uh, insider tip right here. I noticed you dropped Kelly Oubre twice now, and I'm trying to figure out who I need to drop to pick up Kelly Oubre. So if you're going to continue to leave him on the waiver wire, he's gone. I can't scoop him. I've something weird, something weird going on with Kelly Oubre. We'll see what Why? happens. He like faked his car accident or something. I don't know what's going on yet. Uh, it's developing. yeah. The reports were like the video. There's no video, and like he wasn't on the corner that he said he was on. And then there's like video of him walking into his apartment that night with a bike. So I I don't really know. I they're to be seen. That's why the thoughts have been kind of staying away from him. Yeah, it's weird. Um. All right. Well. Thanks for all of you who have made it this far. Um, I hope you enjoyed our Thanksgiving podcast. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S., although I can't imagine we have many international listeners, but hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, thank Big you. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for tuning in and join us next time.